0: Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. And it is a privilege and a pleasure to come before you, and I do mean that sincerely. And why we continue to broadcast, you know, I feel freedom lives here because I have colleagues doing what I'm doing and even more, and uh, we are losing the battle on the physical playing field, ladies and gentlemen. But I think what will come out of our discussion today with our guest, Coach Dave Daubenmayer, And I got to tell you, you know, I'm an old coach, and coaches have this affinity for hard work, uh, loyalty, and so forth. I think what's going to come out is what's missing in a lot of our values. But also, too, you're going to hear some action plans being taken on by Coach and what he's doing to make a difference in America. And we need more people to step up. And you sure as heck don't have to be a coach to make a difference. You just have to want to make a difference. And I'm hoping this was what will come out of our discussion today. And I read an article. Uh, that Dave recently wrote, and it was about, you know, what's important to us? You can just follow the money. We put money where we think stuff is important, and we ignore areas that we don't think is important, and it really tells who we are. It's a good character test. So, Dave, welcome to the show. It's been a long time, and it's great to have you back on.
1: Well, Dave, it's always an honor to be with you, and you're a dinosaur, brother, the common sense show. Is there even any such thing as common (laughs) sense anymore, Dave? That's how how far we've fallen, and as a... As a, you know, a guy who coached my whole life, as I know that you did, uh, the greatest thing about uh, coaching was the the ability to be able to get in there and mix it up with the kids and change their uh, their point of view and teach them to work together and sacrifice and all those things that really made America great, Dave. And even in, in athletics today, uh, you, know, you say you're back in it, doing it. Man, I don't know how you do it because uh, the days of Woody Hayes and that type of approach has really, really changed. The coach isn't always right anymore, is he, Dave?
0: No, not at all. But th- the thing is, is I never really had that issue because I never really kind of back kids into the corner emotionally, certainly not physically. Uh, I was never that kind of leader. It's just, I'll tell you, my form of discipline, um, I'm reasonable. I'll listen to what you have to say. But if you don't do what I say, and I know you understand, there's this little thing called the bench. And that's really all I felt I needed to, to carry out my discipline. And I told the parents for the year started... This is how I do things, and you'll never—you'll be more harsh to your kid than I'll ever be. However, if your kid doesn't do what I tell them, they ain't playing.
1: Amen, brother. That's Bobby Knight said that, right? The greatest uh, way to send a message is butt on bench. That's in a <laughs> message that uh, was re- really easy for anybody to understand because everybody ultimately wants to play. But Dave, I, listen—I just appreciate all you've been doing. I'm not—I'm not blowing smoke at you. I just, uh, you know, brother, uh, there are a lot of us out here fighting a fighting a good fight, not not just a fight, fighting a good fight, and you're one of those guys, and I feel like I'm one of those guys. We know who some of those other guys are. And I always tell people, said, listen, you just put your hand to the plow, and you plow to the other end of the field, and I'm gonna meet you down there, and I'm not gonna spend time criticizing the way you plow or the type of plow you're using. You just do what it is the Lord has called you to do, and if we all plow our row, we're gonna get to the other end of this thing, and we'll be able to look back and see that we've accomplished something. So again, it's an honor to be on with you, Dave.
0: Yeah, it's an honor to have you on too. And there is an affinity people that coaches have for each other. And I think it's because at the core level, we have to get human beings to do what is physically not natural. And, mm-hmm. and so you've got to learn how to motivate and you learn really how human beings tick and you kind of get a sense about what makes uh, an organization or a country in this example successful and we're violating so many of the things that we know work like yeah. self-sacrifice you know honor integrity doing the right thing ends up honoring you in the end and you're more successful but unfortunately a lot of these life lessons aren't being taught anywhere else and we're really swimming uphill today
1: for one of the problems is that dave i'm old enough and i know you are as well i coached girls basketball uh back in the 1980s so i was I was there for that uh, what they call that Title uh, Title Nine movement with mm-hmm. girls athletics and mm-hmm. you know when I, when I first started coaching girls basketball uh, I told them this I'm going to co- I'm going I'm going to coach you like boys. And Dave, there were times when the girls were crying, right? Because they weren't used to being treated like that. Now, sadly, the boys want to be treated like girls. Now, I know that makes people upset, but the truth of the matter is that old hardcore Woody Hayes, Bo Beckler Bobby Knight type of coach would really, really have a hard time making it today, Dave. And sadly, that is part of the problem. We have not trained up men to be men and to take the wax that come along with with being a man, and we have feminized things down so that even in our military, women and men are considered equal. When Dave, we know that's not true. If you coached any sport at all, you know that the natural strength of a man is far greater than the natural strength of a girl. And why have we lowered standards so much to think that a woman on the front line? No, I'm not. No, I get, listen. I've got a wife. I got two daughters. I got I got five granddaughters. I love and respect women, but women are not men, and men are not women. And that is really at the heart of, of a lot of what we're dealing with in America today.
0: No, you're. I couldn't have said it any better. And we are seeing the feminization of men, and that's one of the things that I see that uh, young coaches are facing today. is Is they have to teach the principles of being tough, how to fight through things. That everybody mm-hmm. wants everything to be easy because we're all addicted to dopamine as a culture and we live on pleasure Mm -hmm. and what do you mean i gotta run five extra sprints coach i gotta Mm -hmm. do 10 push-ups because i missed a block um you know and and this is something that used to be well that's pretty humane (laughs) i mean if a coach would have said that to me when i was playing football in high school hey you didn't hit that block there give me 10 i thought okay i'm getting out of this pretty easy at least i'm not doing five minutes of up downs
1: well, you know, Dave, you, again, I brought up Bobby, Bobby Knight uh, earlier. You remember Bobby Knight as a coach. Remember that game where he actually grabbed the chair and threw it out at, on the floor oh, yeah, yeah. At, at the referee? And you know what? America looked at that. I see. I say Donald Trump was the Bobby Knight of politics because <laughs> oh, yeah. when he picked up that chair and he threw it out there, everybody knew it was wrong, but everybody said, Yeah, go, Bobby. Because why? Because he was standing up like a man. And none of us approve of throwing chairs, but Bobby Knight sure had a place of his own, didn't he, Dave? Because he was a man's man, and his players either liked it or lumped it, and he didn't care which way it was.
0: I worked a couple of his camps, and um, uh, I I can tell you just being around the guy, what you see is what you got. You didn't have to guess what the agenda was going to be, and we sure don't have that in politics. I'd vote for a Bobby Knight any day before I'd vote for a Democrat.
1: Dave, how, how about... How about our military leaders? Can you believe how soft they have become? But see, it's all part of this woke culture and effeminate. And, uh, I, call, I call it, the, we're not making women men. We're making men women. Yeah, I know. That, that slide has been all one direction. Again, Dave, I got a beautiful wife. I've got two daughters. I've got five beautiful granddaughters. I love women. So it doesn't have anything to do with whether a woman is worthy or better than a man or anything like that. It has to do with just the physical attributes of being a man and masculinity.
0: Well, it, it is. And and, uh, and not to say women can't do great things. You know, I used to do uh, kickboxing as, as a kid and kind of continued it. I was in karate for years and years and years, too. And and I have to tell you, I'm, I'm a fan of MMA. And uh, my favorite sport to watch in MMA, well, I do like to watch the Conor McGregors and people like that. But, but, I, but I love watching the women. And I'm telling you, I, I was pretty well-trained. And I was fairly successful as a third-degree black belt. But I have to tell you, there's women in MMA I would not want to meet in a dark alley unless I was single and thought they were cute. These, uh, <laughs> these, these young ladies, that they could kick your face off your head. Uh, some of these young ladies are so tough. But that's the rare exception. And and even in physical hand-to-hand combat, you know, women have what half the upper body strength as men do. Right. They don't have the endurance, um, but they do things better than the men. Um, I feel a lot t- better.
1: Their I, individual I, skill set. Yeah, their fundamentals are better. They are.
0: Well, yeah, and they have attention to detail. See, the girls do two things better than men, and this is inherent in the way the brain is different. I used to teach psychology for years and years, everything from ninth grade to, to postgraduate. And um, one of the things that we know about the two brains between men and women, the brains are different, and women are programmed to read body language better than men, so that really helps with leadership. That's why some women do really, really well in leadership positions. They know how to bring groups together because yeah. they can sense the mood better than a man can. A man can be trained, but he doesn't tend to come by it naturally. And the other thing that that women are really into is collegiality, that they, yeah. they, they don't like, You know, even when a girl is wrong on a team you're coaching, the other girls are probably come to her defense because they wanted harmony.
1: And and, (laughs) and
0: that's one of the big things that are different. And so those are valuable traits for leaders. And and that's why some women excel in leadership. And by the way, I'm married to someone who ran uh, McDonald's for all of Arizona for 10 years. That was a huge (laughs) corporate responsibility. So people can't tell me women can't lead and they shouldn't be in positions of leadership. But I don't want to put a rifle in a woman's hand with a bayonet, and say no. get in there and go hand-to-hand combat because that's a prescription for death.
1: Me either. That, now, Dave, let me flip the script here a little bit and really kind of lead into probably what we want to discuss here. Today. Exactly. I, I'm finding as I, as I go around, and we're doing a, we're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, we're having a lot of meetings, a lot of organization, a lot of stuff going on. And you know what I'm seeing, Dave? I'm seeing the rise of the mama bears. And I, I walk into a lot of these meetings, and it's 75% women. And mm-hmm. I asked the question, where are the men? Oh, where point. are the men? Good and the, not again, these women are tenacious, brother. You try to put a mask on their little kid. You try to give a jab to their little kid. Oh man, their claws come out, they'll fight. But where are the daddies, Dave? Where are the fathers, the men in America today? And it's all part of this conditioning. I think we've been going under over the last, uh, probably 40 50 maybe even 60 years and uh, we got an uphill battle brother
0: school board meetings is exactly the laboratory which you're talking about the uh the women i see so you get some men up there that will do decent things but the women are outraged when you're teaching first graders about oral sex and anal sex and sorry not to be graphic folks but this is going on just look at what youtube shows for suggested viewing from these school board meetings i probably watched 75 or 80 of these now and you're right, it's 90% women stepping forward, being the leaders against this oppression. In the old days, men would have been coming to these meetings and there would have been some different outcomes.
1: There sure would have, there sure would have. And uh, again, I'm not. it's not a battle of the sexes in my mind, but there sure has been a flip of the sexes. And uh, that, that's that's a grave concern to me. And I so, don't think the women
0: it, are different, Dave. I think the men have just become wussied out. Yep.
1: I'm I'm with you brother. I'm with you. And it's uh you know we can blame it on a lot of different things but Dave we're here aren't we? This we're here, is where we are.
0: And we got to do what we got to do. Right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about money because that was a focal point of a really good article you just wrote and 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 so just kind of tell the audience you know the theme of the article you wrote and what you were trying to accomplish with it.
1: Well Dave we've started an organization but when I say we uh, by the way thanks for giving me the opportunity uh, Dr. Sherry Tinpenny, who is a, uh, she's a rock star. She's from, I'm from Ohio, Dave. She's from Ohio as well. Dr. Sherry Tinpenny and myself and a gentleman named Ohio Brett, that's his nickname. We, we were at a conference, Dave, and, and uh, as only God could do it, we were at sitting down at the table having a conversation, and the whole idea of, of this question came up. We know who's funding evil in America. George Soros. You could, we could all rattle them off, right? In fact, it's probably the government funneling the money to the evil. But we asked the question, who is funding? Who's funding good? And we all had a pause because we really couldn't think of any major Christian organization that was funding good all the money was going to black lives matter and antifa and all that but who was funding ours well we're sending all of our money to churches and the churches are closing down or you know social distancing we send it to focus on the family and the american family association and they all do good stuff but who is standing up for good funding good in the midst of all this chaos that's going on and we came to the conclusion that nobody is and so we launched what what we uh, we uh, named the christianrevolution.net folks you can write that down the christianrevolution.net and the purpose behind it again Dr. Sherry Tenpenny being at the heart of it she, what a man what a bold bold christian woman she is we ask ourselves this we looked everywhere we looked around Dave We saw nurses uh, being threatened with their jobs. We saw school teachers being threatened with losing their jobs. We saw police officers. Now we see military people who were being threatened with their jobs because why? They wouldn't take the jab. My body, my choice didn't seem to apply anymore. And the more of those type of people we talked to when we would go to conferences, here's what we would hear. The woman who was the nurse who didn't want to take the jab she would go and she would talk to her supervisor and the supervisor told she had to. So she'd go home to her husband, and say, I'm going to have to take the vaccination. And he says, no, let's get an attorney. So they would call an attorney and they go sit down with the attorney. And he says, you've got a really great argument here. Uh, I'll need a $5,000 retainer. And Dave, folks just don't, they don't have that kind of money. They can't do it. And so we looked around and said, wait a minute, who who is defending these people? Who's supporting and defending these people? And that was the birth of the Christian Revolution.net. And we have, Dave, over the last, uh, we've only been in existence four months. We've already hired four high-powered attorneys who are beginning to fight back for these people exactly who we've spoken about. We have a lawsuit that's getting ready to be launched against ESPN for hiring a woman who'd been working for him for 27 years. We have two lawsuits here in the Columbus, Ohio area being launched, getting prepared to be launched against the public school system, for forcing the kids to mask mandate we've got a lawsuit getting ready to go down in kentucky against a religious organization and i'm not allowed to say what that is but dave we have taken this money and we are actually going out and hiring these attorneys aren't free dave because we we have to pay for them but we are defending these moms and pops and and frontline workers who don't have the money to defend themselves we said somebody has to provide this for them we call it lawfare I don't know if you know in my history, Dave, I was sued by the American Civil Liberties Union back in 1997 for praying with our football team. It's what launched me into ministry. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is when they sued me, Dave, it was lawfare. They came in, the ACLU sued us in our small Midwestern town, and they scared every other school district around us that you can't pray before football games, yada, yada, yada. And uh, that's what the enemy's been doing. So we said it's time for us to take a page out of their book and for us to begin to push back and sue some of these people, sue some principals, sue some superintendents, sue some hospital administrators, sue some doctors, sue some pastors, somebody even said, who, who are telling practicing medicine without a license. And Dave, we've had an unbelievable response from people. And now we're finding out the old divide and conquer strategy that when you have a school teacher, I'm sorry I'm so, I'm so long, but I got to make this point. If you have a school teacher who's being told to make Johnny wear a mask, And the school teacher's really kind of ambivalent. She doesn't really care. But if she gets a lawsuit filed against her from some parent saying, you're the one that's responsible, she's immediately going to go to her principal and say, what's this? Why am I being sued? I'm simply following policy. And it's going to be a divide and conquer within the school systems and other avenues. And uh, we're having some great success hiring attorneys, finding some good people, finding a lot of plaintiffs. And Dave, it is now, brother. We have got to fight this fight now.
0: How do you raise your money?
1: We ask people. We, we, uh, uh, we've been having a lot of appearances. We've been into three different places. We, we launched it in Buffalo, New York. Then we went three nights in a row to uh, uh, Oklahoma. We went to Oklahoma City. Uh, we went to three different towns in Oklahoma. We went to North Carolina. I'm going to go to, uh, to New Hampshire uh, I'm also going to go to uh, Idaho this weekend, then New Hampshire the following week. Doctor Sherry's gone places, Ohio Brett's gone places, and we get in front of people and we say, listen, here's what's going on. Your money soon isn't gonna be any good, right, Dave? We all agree with that, right? We don't know what the heck's gonna happen with yeah. the financial system. But well, we would, <clears throat> we said there are there are eighty million people that voted for Donald Trump and we would like to have a, we want a million <clears throat> people to give us a hundred dollars. Now, Dave, does that sound so impossible? And we go to these meetings and we lay it out. And you know what they do? People give us $100. And we say, when you leave there, pray about it, tell the story to somebody else and get them to give you $100. And eventually we're going to spend, we're going to build a war chest behind Dr. Sherry Tinpenny. And we're going to go to war against these folks. Dave, they can go to thechristianrevolution.net, thechristianrevolution.net. The whole story's right there. Uh, you can donate right there. Everything we're doing right there. We're soon going to be posting up their victories, but not. Uh, well, actually, we're going to post up their attorneys that we've hired, battles we've already engaged, and soon, Dave, we're going to be start posting victories that we've gotten against some of the school districts and the county commissioners and and the hospitals. Dave, we can win because they are standing on very, very thin ice. The law is not in their favor.
0: No, but unfortunately. Uh the rule of law has left the building for most of amen America. On,
1: amen on that one, brother. Amen. Couldn't agree more. But all we have to do is get a couple victories, Dave, in the right places, and we know there's still, you know, there's still some good judges out there, and we have to hope that uh, we can find the right ones and and uh, bring the case before them.
0: In my uh, coaching career, I never usually had the benefit of taking over a successful program. It was always one that was really in need, which is why jobs are open. And I came in, and 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 I have to tell you when you rebuild a program, not rebuild, or just build it yourself, there are key things that happen that are milestones on the road to success. And you're absolutely right. You only have to win a couple of victories Amen. to start building that momentum. That's exactly so, how teams are built.
1: And Dave, that's, how, that's what happened when I got sued by the ACLU. I watched that very thing happen. All of a sudden, no school in central Ohio one of their coach praying for fear that they might be sued. That's how, that's how lawfare works, brother. We got to take, we got to take a page from their book and uh, get more actively engaged. Dave, as we're talking here, right here, across my phone, a North Carolina hospital system fires 175 workers in one of the largest ever mass terminations due to a vaccine mandate. Just came out today from the Washington Post. Dave, I know you, of all people, understand the damage, the danger that is happening when they began to fire not only hospital employees, Dave, but force. Uh, 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 Army Rangers to take shots and then the soldiers say we're not going to Dave there's great chaos coming and we're being greatly weakened as a nation when people don't really understand what's going on.
0: No we we truly are. We have to step aside for our first break. We're going to return right to this point with nursing because I've been asked by a nurse's organization of a large organization to intervene on their behalf and I want to get that out in the open here uh, a little bit and we're going to Use that as a springboard to talk about how you can get involved with the christianrevolution.net. And uh, folks, stay tuned. This is important stuff. But anyway, also what's important is this. The BBC came out yesterday, and Bob Griswold was kind enough to share this with me, that they're basically telling you that the commodities of today that we take for granted, like coffee and eggs and so forth, uh, they're going to be luxuries of tomorrow. And you know, my position, I'm not gonna go into detail here, but this is by design. The nursing shortages we're gonna talk about in return, this is by design. And it's about disrupting using communist methods to do so. Well, your food supply, folks, is being disrupted by design. And I have told you and told you and told you this was coming. When we didn't restock the 19 meatpacking plants, even with National Guard and hazmat suits, we were saying we don't care if we have a meat shortage, kill millions of cows. Who cares about the profits of the farmers? And that attitude has continued. Now they want us to eat, according to the World Economic Forum, uh, aquatics, plant, bugs, and fake lab meat. My stomach just turns when I hear this crap. I'm a meat and potatoes guy. So listen to me. I'm offering you storable food from MPS. I think they're the most reputable group out there. Uh, they're reasonably priced. In fact, actually, their prices are better than anyone I've seen. Uh, they've got a, a sale at uh, preparewithdave.com is where you go. But listen, you get 25-year shelf life. You get diversity in the food. And that's a problem. When you buy food in the grocery store, you buy what you like, and you buy in bulk, and you get sick of it. They have balanced meals, and there's a huge difference between the two entities. You can eat this stuff forever because you'll have uh, lots of diversity in your food choices. So go to preparewithdave.com. Also, one other thing I want to share with you, I I just did a podcast on this yesterday. How quickly can the authorities shut down a city in rebellion? So if people stand up and say, like, Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it, we're not going to take it anymore, what can they do to you? Well, they can shut your city down in less than 30 minutes and that means all communication of traditional means there's two things they can't control shortwave which most people have no idea how to do or sat phones which is easy to learn how to do and we represent the satellite phone company and this stuff is good we're coming up with emergency broadcast alert systems now we also have text messaging on a broadband broadcast value but let me just say this we live north of phoenix we go into Phoenix so if I had family members scattered throughout the city doing their activities and uh, the government decides well we're taking down your internet we're taking down your cell phone and we're shutting your city off how would we rally how would I get in contact with people that matter to me that's why I was motivated to get involved in this so you can find out more and by the way it's not expensive I pay one-fourth the cost of my cell phone bill on the sat phone and that's why I'm really recommending this 855 980-5830, 855-980-5830. 980-5830, 855-980-5830. And please note, here in the Common Sense Show, we're not trying to get rich. We are trying to help you prepare in ways that I feel you may need. So again, preparewithdave.com for the food and 855-980-5830 to investigate the satellite phone company. And I gotta tell you, they passed the muster with me.
1: I got or one get... too, Dave. <clears throat> I got Go one too, and I suggesting to all of my our friends to get them as well.
0: Oh, you got a sat phone?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, if it wasn't for sat phones, we wouldn't know about the thousand Americans left behind enemy lines in Afghanistan by this wonderful leader. Right. But uh, anyway, back to uh, Dave Daubenmire. I should say Coach Dave Daubenmire. That, that's, that's kind of a Hall of Fame designation for me.
1: Thank you, brother. Special, I, f- I wear that place. proudly. That's right. Well,
0: we should. We should wear that proudly because it is a, it, teaching, coaching. When you're in the education field, you are really challenged. Uh, and it's such an important job. Um, you know, yesterday when I was at this um, my friend's funeral, uh, there were athletes that he and I shared. He was football and I was basketball. And um, I, I had so many people say, oh, you changed my life. You really helped me with this. Mm. And And so many coaches do that daily, every day. Thousands of coaches across this country are changing lives. And that's why I, I, I honor the coaches I talk to. But anyway, I want we to go back to. We need some your...
1: coaches. We need some coaches in Congress, don't we, Dave? We need some. Co- we need a coach in the White House, brother. We need a guy who's a problem solver and is is uh, used to having things uh, go, go against him and understand that's a long game. It's a long time. They got a clock up on the wall for a reason. We need some uh, some of those type of guys back in positions of authority.
0: Amen, brother. Amen. The uh, unfortunately, what we have in Congress um for 99 of them is they're street walkers. they're prostitutes yep. that go to they the are, highest bidder yep. and yep. i'm just calling it like it is folks i'm not using this as pejorative terms i'm not using foul language to describe them Well, it's easy to do it but they are professional prostitutes make no mistake about it yes Come honey on. i love you as long as the money keeps coming in um sure. anyway talking to Dave Dabemeyer about his organization, which is the christianrevolution.net is the website. And uh, Dave, I I see two things here that I'm curious about that will help really catapult this uh, mission that you're on to greater levels of success. And that is one, you got to raise the money and you've addressed that a little bit. Uh, But two, it sounds like you probably need more leadership to come in and kind of carry the water for your organization.
1: Well, one of our goals, Dave, uh... You know, I run a ministry I've had for 20, uh, 21 years called uh, Pass the Salt, CoachDaveLive.com, yep. Pass the Salt. But what I've been doing over the last 20 years, Dave, is getting men organized and out onto the streets. We've done some, our ministry, we've done some crazy things. We went to Obama's house. We went to Bill Barr's house. We went to Hillary's house. We went to Joe Biden's house. I remember house. this. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> we, we take men and we get actively involved. And we've been trying to tell people over the last 20 years that the battle folks— is local it's not in Washington DC anymore ultimately that battle is going to have to be fought but we can win and lose locally so one of the things that we're trying to do with the Christian revolution uh, .net, Dave is we are we already have what I call us uh, salt and light Brigades we got them all across America and we're going to try to train equip and mobilize men and women locally on how to fight back against these forces of darkness. Number one, they should have been taught this in our churches, Dave, but it hasn't happened. And I talk to people all the time who go to school board meetings, fight back against what's going on, and there are no pastors amongst them. Where are our pastors? So we are filling a void of God-fearing. We call it the Christian revolution, Dave, not the conservative revolution. I said, hey, folks, Lindsey Graham's a conservative. John McCain's a conservative, right? I had an, Mitch McConnell's a conservative. I had enough of that stuff. We're unashamedly Christian, and you don't have to be a Christian for us to fight for you. We will fight for truth, justice, and the American way, because we believe when, we're, when one man is free, we're all free. So the Christian revolution Part of it, Dave, as we spoke about, was the legal aspect of it. Dr. Sherry actually wants to begin to open hospitals all across America where they're not under the control of the Medicare, Medicaid system, governmental control. That's part of her vision, long-term vision. And then part of my vision is to get out and build these uh, little brigades, these Christian men and women locally all across America, all 50 states. So that what? When we have a problem that occurs someplace in Arizona, we already can alert those guys in Arizona. Hey, Dave Hodges needs some help. Sheriff Mack needs some help. We advertise it and our people show up. Now, we don't have them in all 50 states yet, Dave, but we're heading that way and we're becoming very, very effective. Why? All politics is local. You can get to your mayor. You can get to your school board member. You can get to your county commissioner. You'll never get... You'll never get to your national rep, rep. never. You'll never get a mini- meeting with your senator. And so we think that these face-to-face, one-on-one, group confrontations, is what we call them, are very, very important. Dave, when I went to, first went to Hillary Clinton's house, I went there three different times. When I went there the first time, I was by myself. She's never do it alone, but I did. I went alone. And when I pulled up, and they live in the cul-de-sac at uh, 16 Old House Lane in Chapel New York. the police, of course, come and surround me. I got out of my car. They said, sir, what are you doing? I said, "Uh, I've come here to check on one of my employees. And they, 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 they kind of looked like they'd never heard that. They said, well, sir, the former president of the United States lives here. I said, well, I know that. His wife's a felon. Dave, I'm telling you, the whole atmosphere changed. I asked them, why haven't you guys arrested her? James Comey said she committed five felonies and nobody's doing anything about it. Listen, I'm not bragging on what we do. I'm just telling you, in-person appearances matter. With your mayor, with, with your city council, with a local hospital administrator, are you kidding me? That's what we do, Dave, part of what we're going to do with thechristianrevolution.net. We're going to take, as you would say, Dave, we're going to take America back one city at a time. You say one mind at a time, we're going to take it back one city at a time.
0: We're gonna to have to. What What do you do in my area? I'm I'm about 20 miles north of Phoenix.
1: Well, it's a long way to get out there, right? We got we got some folks that, that are in uh, that are in Nevada. We got some folks. Uh, I don't obviously I don't remember everybody's on it, but we have some guys that are in the western part of Arizona, and then we got a bunch of folks over there in Texas and some in California. So you know, I'd have to turn that over to Chad Estes, who's the head of our Salt and Light brigades. But we're we're organizing them everywhere. Hey, Dave, listen these these groups are really they're already there Dave they're already there they're just looking for some direction and all what all we do when we come in we do training we train them how to get involved and you know what to say and what not to say and how to react if a you know if they're confronted by a police officer or how to all we train them how to do it and then we take them to the streets and it is amazing Dave how many men in particular have never been to the streets. We start out easy, we call it a honk and wave. We get 50 guys together and we do some training with them and then we take them out on the street corner busy street corner in phoenix arizona and we take out signs we used to do it with trump when they told us how much people hated trump we'd take out trump signs and you'd be amazed that people had honked their horn and it encouraged the guys number one that they were not in the minority as they've been trying to tell us but number two there are, there are a lot of people out there who support us but we've got to come out of hiding come out of our churches come out of our hi- out of hiding and get engaged with the culture
0: do you guys ever challenge pastors about why you're not doing your job?
1: Boy, Dave, it's funny you would say that because I, a conversation I just had with uh, Dr. Sherry Tinpenny, actually it was a presentation she, she made in, uh, in uh, New, uh, North Carolina a couple of weeks ago. She said, and I agree, we have to start going to our pastor's houses. We have to go. They, they they, are the guys with the mantle. They are the generals, the commanders of God's army, and they are missing in action. Mm-hmm. And we can no longer, you were an old football or old coach. You know what it's like to get yelled at by the fans. We understand that's part of the job. Why is it our pastors are immune from criticism? What is going on? See, if it matters to us, and it matters to me, my children, my grandchildren, America matters to me. It's not just about the rapture and getting out of here and leaving this mess behind. A wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So we're going to begin going to the pastors and say, hey, pastor, why aren't you doing your job? Why aren't you protecting our kids in the schools? Why aren't you standing up against this mask mandate? Why aren't you doing what God has called us to do, Do right." earnestly contend for the faith. Occupy till he comes. So it's funny you bring that up. We're going to start turning our targets on some of these uh, stream mass media, whatever you want to call those guys, pastors.
0: That's so good to hear. You know, the um, other thing I think that if I could make a suggestion here, just taking myself as an example, if you got people in Arizona who are doing this work, they could use promotional help from people like me. Amen. And maybe you want to think about marrying, you know, some of the people who, you know, might be in places like Phoenix or St. Louis or wherever, and marrying them uh, for promotional purposes to people in the field.
1: Well, Dave, that's believe it or not, that is exactly what we're trying to do. And as we get part of the money coming into the ChristianRevolution.net is to begin to build these these little enclaves. Dave, we're gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna have a hundred guys in Wisconsin this weekend. We're going to have 500 people in New Hampshire next. It, they're already out there. We have got to unify them, bring them together. We've been doing this for 20-some for years, They've, even back when they were laughing at us, right, calling us conspiracy theorists and all that stuff. Well, brother, it's upon us right now, and we are finding more than ever. Any time that I've been doing this in 21 years, people are awake. They understand what's going on. They still don't know what to do, well, that's our job, Dave. We'll show them what they need to do.
0: No, that's good. Well, you can put the Common Sense Show on your list if you need any promotional help from uh, me where I sit. But, you know, too, you know, shows like mine, shows like Doug Hagman and so on, we do have national reach. So, oh, yes. Uh, it, you know, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying no, I, I take advantage of the resource there. I, I think there needs to be a marriage between this kind of an organization and what we do. I'm always looking for things to promote. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in terms of this, because the time is really short. I mean, we're in the fourth quarter and we're down by 20. That's we that's are. how I look at this right now.
1: Uh, Dave, I, I always use the illustration of what we're doing. We have what we call SWAT teams, and it's spiritual weapons and tactics. By the way, folks, you can find this stuff at CoachDaveLive.com. Spiritual weapons and tactics. And I use the illustration of the first golf War. How did we fight that first Gulf War? Where we started out with prayer force, didn't we? They called it the air force, but it was really the prayer force. We softened up the ground. And then what happened after they softened it, after they bombed for 44 days before we ever went in? Well, we sent in the infantry. When the infantry went in, which are people, boots on the ground, people going to their local school boards, going to their local city councils, that's the boots on the ground. Remember now, the prayers have already gone forth, the ground softened up, we send in the infantry, the infantry's in there, and they begin to push back against some of these forces of darkness, but what people didn't realize, Dave, is while the prayer force was, was launching their prayers, we had SWAT team members, the first guys on the beach, who are already on the ground, infiltrating, gathering information, knowing locations that we should go to, targets that we should direct our prayers at. Dave, this is this is this is so simple, but we just—it's so hard to get people organized to do it. So we've been effective at it. We have really good. Uh, what we would call brigades now, in probably about uh, 14 or 15 different states, and we believe that this is going to be shot in the arm. The people are out there; they're just looking for leadership. And Dave, if I can throw, I'm long-winded, brother.
0: No, uh, good. You're you're on a roll, and I'm not going to interrupt okay. that. Okay.
1: All right. So we, you know, I've been to I've been to Washington D.C. We were there three times after the election, including January 6. But I saw something that was uh, that I'd never seen before, Dave. And In all my years that I've been trying to do this, the two decades I've been trying to get people awake, I couldn't get people to participate. They, they wouldn't get involved. And I saw the most amazing phenomenon, Dave, now. The people are there. The people went to Washington, D.C., Dave, but we don't have any leaders. We don't have any captains. We don't have any Dave Hodges coaches, right? Who are they? Who is, who? dare I say it, Alex Jones. When we were in D.C., Alex Jones, was, he was the leader where where were our where were our governmental leaders where were the republicans where were our pastors so there's a huge awakening going on unfortunately our leadership is behind the people meaning they haven't caught up yet And the people see what's going on, and they understand, as the scripture says, the time in which we live and know what it is we need to do. But there hasn't been any organization. That's one of the things which we're going to eventually do here with the ChristianRevolution.net. We're going to attack them in the courts, and then we're going to begin to uh, infiltrate local areas, train people, equip them, show them what they need to do, and get organized and begin to push back. And once we Dave, we're in dire straits. You know that, brother. We're in dire straits. If we don't draw that line here and now, brother, how long do we have, Dave? Do um, we have six months? Do we have a year? How, yeah. how long do we have Till we won't even recognize the nation that we're living in?
0: No, I, I hear you. And we don't have long until we have to go to our last break here. So let me take care of that right now. We'll return right to this point where we have left off. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the organizations I'm proud to represent is Noble Gold. And I used to just be an advertiser for them because I knew they did really good work in helping people bulletproof their investments. And then they back up their IRAs and their 401ks with precious metals and you control it. It's in your possession. They'll hold it for you if you want, but they don't have to do that. But the only thing I really like about them is they have diversified programs. And, and I got to tell you, I was looking at my portfolio and I'm not a wealthy man, but I, I have assets to protect like anybody else. And I just said, you know, I wonder what they would tell me. And because I advertised for them, I got to know the right people to call immediately. And then I found out doesn't matter who you talk to there. These people are all really well-trained and they're trained not to be aggressive. So I said, well, how can you help me with this, this and that? And uh, I've done three tweaks with them already at Noble Gold. I'm a happy customer. And what you'll find is they're gonna get you as bulletproof as they can for what we're going into. Folks, the dollar's gonna go away. It's yep. just a matter of time. It's gonna be gone. And I'm just imploring you right now, if you leave your money in the bank, What's going to end up happening to you is what happened to my mother's family when she was a young girl. They went from riches to rags. They were successful people, and they lost everything. You don't want to be in that position. At least have a conversation with Noble Gold. They'll send you free material. They'll talk to you for nothing, and you have to close the deal. I mean, I remember thinking, well, can we move this forward now? Well, Mr. Hodges, you have to ask for that. Okay, well, I'm asking that's how they deal with people and uh, Colin Plume their owners can become a friend of mine and great integrity with this organization and I highly recommend them you can reach Noble Gold by phone and I recommend calling them. you can get, get them on the link but by gosh I would call them because they are such a pleasure to talk to and they care about each person they deal with because they want you to be successful 877-646-5347 that's 877 646 5, 3, 4, 7. Well, we're talking to Dave Davenmeier, uh of this really tremendous organization here, and I've pulled it up here on my screen and I've been looking at it. I'm um, I, I just, just really impressed with what you're doing with the ChristianRevolution.net. Uh, it's just, uh, in fact, I'll just say this right here in the air. If I can help promote anything uh, regionally or even nationally, but regionally, I mean, I'm better, probably better known in Arizona than I'm known in New York. Uh, I would say don't hesitate to call on me, but I I will say this to my fellow um, broadcasters, and I know some of you listen to these broadcasts, um, you need to, to pick up the slack here, ladies and gentlemen, because we're past the point of picking the right candidate to run for office. We are past the point of being able to turn our political system around in Washington. It has to happen at the grassroots level, and this gives you an organization that will do that.
1: Dave, how about, uh, I'm on the website now since you said that I jumped on there. We got a lot of ambitious goals. Dave, what can you anybody explain to me why Christians have to send their kids to government schools rather than to local Christian schools? Why, why don't we have an, a vision for training our children in Christian values again. Why don't, why don't we have that? And until we do that, as somebody said to me, if uh, you send your children to Caesar, you can't be surprised when they come back little Romans. And so one of the things that has destroyed us is the educational system. We wanna reclaim that. We wanna open charter schools. We wanna empower churches to do some church homeschooling co-ops right where they are. This again, Dave, isn't hard. And you mentioned money you know it, Dave, and I know it, that if we don't stand up and fight now, this money situation's gone away. Even It may go away anyhow, Dave, but the money that you got in the bank, folks, you know the money belongs to the bank. It doesn't belong to you. Who knows how long it's gonna be there. That's why we're asking everybody who can, just give us a hundred bucks. Just go online and donate a hundred bucks. Maybe find somebody else that can do it. And Dave, listen to this, once we get that, we're going to capture the names, the emails of everyone who's given. And what are we going to do with that, Dave? We're going to build an army. We're going to say, okay, let's let's take all of these names of people that have donated. Here are the people in uh, uh, Southern Illinois. How many of them there? Oh, there are a hundred of them there? Okay, well, let's get a little salt and light brigade going in that with that hundred. And how many people are there in Boise, Idaho? Well, we've had 50 people in Boise, Idaho who've donated. Okay, well, let's get involved and get them organized and begin to po- see how this works, Dave. See the magic of this. This is why we want individual donors. We don't want to go to some big rich cat and say, give us the $10 million, although we would like him to. We want this to be an army of American Christian citizens who are unifying together. A hundred bucks from a hundred, from a thousand, from I get it wrong, a hundred bucks from a million of us. Dave's a hundred million dollars. Come on, man. Let's, let's come out of this Luciferian system, this Babylonian system of America, and let's begin to operate at the grass level and rebuild everything that we've lost. You think we can do it, Dave? Yes. I mean, if the, I think we can do it. If the devil comes and the, the second coming of Christ happens, okay. But the Bible says, occupy till I come. He hadn't come yet. Come on, folks. Let's begin to rebuild what the devil has done, what the Luciferians have done. Let's fight back locally and reclaim local territory, and we'll see this thing spread like we could never imagine.
0: You know, it's amazing to me, too, when we look at the other side, how they seem to be made of Teflon. I, I'll give you an mm. example. I did a presentation for Here the Watchmen. Uh, really honored to have been invited to that out in San Diego. And and I showed a picture of um, Nancy Pelosi and Beto, I Want All Drugs Legal O'Rourke, and uh, Nieto, who, former president of Mexico, who took a $100 million bribe from Chapo Guzman to keep uh, the drugs flowing for the Sinaloas. and And I showed this. And I got to tell you that one thing of all the things I talked about, that one thing when I was mingling with the group um, at the hotel, people would come up and they say something to me about this. And how does she get away with this? How do hmm. these people cavort with organized gangsters? Uh, and how do they get away with it? How does Hillary Clinton use that example? Five felonies. How does she get away with that? Um, what do you tell people when they ask you that question?
1: Well, because, uh, uh, Dave, of all the the, uh, rights granted in the First Amendment of the Constitution, the last one is the one we don't even think anything about, and that is to petition our government for a redress of grievances. Dave, we have nobody to turn to. Look what went on in this election. And with all the evidence that comes out, and where are we? We're sitting here saying, okay, uh, who's going to do something about it? We have nobody to turn to anymore that will redress our grievances. In other words, make the wrong right. That's where the battle lies. Our governmental system, our legal system, it's, it's, all, it's no good, Dave, it's no good. And because we know that, we now have to realize that we're gonna to have to find ulterior motives to do this because those who are put in places governmentally to do it they're either on the dole, they've sold out. We don't know exactly what's going on. Somebody's got information on them. Maybe they've been threatened, whatever. Our government is not functioning. So again, we got to get together on the local level and begin to take back these positions that uh, ultimately, at, at the beginning, belong to uh, to Christians. And, dare I say it, Almighty God, right? Isaiah chapter 9, on dust, the Son is given, and thus a child is born, and a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Now, Dave, I don't know about you. My body's kind of like this. I have a head, that would be Christ, and I have a body, and it begins at the shoulders. So he said the government will be upon the shoulders of who? His body. Dave, we're supposed to be in charge. Christians are supposed to be in charge, and we have just, to bad theology and bad leadership, we have just yielded all authority to the devil and it's time for us to get engaged and take it back
0: yeah stirred a lot of uh, reactions in me there with this here's here's something that often people say to me and many of it's from our colleagues Dave people that do the work that we're doing they say you know Dave even if we raise this army of uh, Christians up and we're protesting and manage to win a few lawsuits and so forth even if we do all that they're going to come at us with violence. And my answer was this, and I wanted to get your reaction to this. I'm saying, if we would repent and do God's work, we don't have to worry about the violence they're going to bring against us because then God would see fit to have favor on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And oh, he'll mm-hmm. He'll never depart from you when you're doing his work.
1: He's, he would be our defender. But it's interesting, Dave, it's like you listened to my show this morning because that's one of the things I spoke about, Matthew 11, says from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has suffered violence and violent men take it by force. And Dave, the enemy has got us looking at violence and talking about violence. But Dave, how did they want everything? They've won it through force. How how did they get gay marriage? They forced us to accept it. It wasn't violence. They violated our conscience and forced gay marriage on us. They forced homosexuality on us. They're forcing masks on us. They're forcing jabs on us. And so we've got to realize that force has to meet force, brother. And if, sometimes, see, if we're being violated, Dave, you're being violated, I'm being violated, and we worry about uh, violence. It's already happening to us. We've got to meet force. With force, we are late to the game, and the ChristianRevolution.net is about meeting that force and pushing back, just like a good old right tackle would do. So they try to they try to get us worried, Dave. It's exactly what they did to us in Washington D.C. I was there. That was not a violent insurrection, Dave. There wasn't one person charged with a gun charge. Go go check the record. Nobody there was charged with a gun violation. None. And they made that peaceful gathering where we were trying to force our government the right direction. They made it look like violent, Dave, and it wasn't violent. And yet at the same time, we watch what's going on with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They're out there burning stuff. They're shooting stuff. They're burning cars. And they accuse us of violence. See, Dave, it's force. Force is the problem, not the violence.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, onward, Christian soldiers, though. And what I hope to avoid is violent confrontations. But
1: Amen.
0: you know, I have to tell you, in my darker moments, I wonder if that's even going to be possible. But then I say, leave it to God; He will find the answer.
1: Well, didn't know what the founders wanted too, Dave. They didn't. They didn't want to have to take up arms. No,
0: I know. I hear you.
1: And 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 the First or I'm sorry, the Declaration of Independence. What does it say? When they, I'm paraphrasing, but when the government gets beyond, when it becomes tyrannical, it's not only our right, it's our duty to throw off such government. Isn't that what it says, Dave? We have a duty to stand up for truth, justice, and the American way. And we, just, we don't hear this much in our churches anymore. We don't hear it much in, uh, in circles. But we have the devil, the Luciferians. They have seized everything righteous, Dave. Are we going to fight back? or are we just gonna go down with a whimper? There's not a bone in my body that that wants to go down with a whimper.
0: You know, there's um, an organization here in Phoenix called Banner Health. It's the largest employer in Arizona. Excuse me, so obviously it's the largest medical establishment, and I get good care. I have no complaints about them, they're professional, they don't make billing mistakes, knock on wood, but uh, they're really, really professional, and I like the people I interact with. And uh, I'm getting kind of a following for my show with these people, too, because of the forced vaccine mandate. And they've asked me to interview their upper leadership, and I'm going to pursue that later today um, about why they want to create a medical shortage. Because you're going to lose 60% of your workforce, and
1: Mm -hmm. people like
0: me aren't going to be able to get health care. And I don't think the middleman knows what they're doing, but i got to tell you, Dave, these people in Washington, Pelosi, Soros, uh, for example, too, they know what they're doing. They are creating food shortages, they're creating shortages in medical care, they're going to create police shortages, they're decimating our military. with. Here, here they'll give post office workers an exemption from the vaccine like they're more important than the people who defend our country.
1: It's and they get no
0: exemption. What is that all about?
1: Yeah, well, David, we, t- we spoke on, uh, um, on my show this morning about the Hegelian dialectic, right? Uh, create a problem then offer a solution, and then come to a mediation, right? That's, that's exactly what's going on, and you hit it, the nail right on the head. Food shortages are the next one, isn't it, Dave? If we don't have food, oh, I'll take that jab. Yeah, okay. I, I guess I changed my mind. I will take that jab. We don't understand the nefarious motives of those who are organizing these things behind the scenes. And so the whole Hegelian dialectic is they create the problem, Food shortages. Right, Dave? There's all kinds of uh, uh, barges store, sitting out on, on the west coast and on the east coast that can't get in. We got we have uh, uh, Bill Gates buying up farmland, so they're going to create a shortage of food. And what are they going to do? They're going to use that to force you to take a shot. Folks, wake up and look around and see what's going on. Now, Dave, you've been at it longer than I have, and you've been a frontline warrior for a long, long time. Here's the truth, brother we either think we can win. Or well, we don't think we can win. And that's really when it gets right down to it. That's the bottom line, isn't it, bud? Huh? Isn't that really the bottom line? Do you ever put a team out on the field and expect them to lose? Say, listen, we're just gonna, uh, we are just going. We got to go on out there and play, and they're going to kill us, but we'll go out there and play. No, 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 no. Every time you ran out of that locker room, you went out expecting to win, didn't you, Dave? Yeah. And we don't have that attitude anymore. Christians don't have that attitude. We have a defeatist attitude. Jesus is going to come and rescue us, and I pray he does. But, Dave, I get... I got seven grandchildren. I got two more on the way. What kind of grandpa leaves this country to them? I ask myself that every day.
0: Yeah, that's a, a great rhetorical question. And this is what I talk to a lot of people about. You might be able to live with this and live it through, but what about your kids? And I say that right. a lot to people. We got about a little over a minute left. And again, I'd like you to tell people again to review how they can get involved with what you're doing and make a difference at the local level.
1: ChristianRevolution.net, Dave. They can go right there. Please, folks, pray about it. Donate. Help us build this financial army that will help us build the boots-on-the-ground army. You can also go to CoachDaveLive.com for more information on how we organize and bring people together. And I just thank you for the opportunity to be here, well, Dave. Uh, this,
0: yeah, th- this is great. So th- talk to me a little bit of, for just a second here about CoachDaveLive.com. What do you do there? I do,
1: I do a morning podcast. But see, CoachDaveLive.com... Uh, Dave, it was here before the christianrevolution.net, yeah. and that's the vehicle I've been using to organize these, these groups of men, these, these salt and light brigades all across America. And Dave, listen, I, when we went to Hillary's house, we, we had 160 guys go with us from 22 different states. We are already building an army, Dave, and if we can get more finances, we can do it even more because the folks are out there, they're looking for solutions, And we think we have some answers to help them fight back locally.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Well, on behalf of Dave Dabemeyer and myself here, we're going to encourage you to really get involved. I'm glad you could listen in either on Red State Talk Radio, Global Star Radio Network, KYH, our many podcasts that go throughout wherever, and, of course, on our website at thecommonsenseshow.com. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Always a pleasure. Thank you.
1: God bless you. Thanks for having me.